Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. From Hollywood, Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet. And Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair. Bring you Humphrey Bogart in your theater of romance. Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet. And Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair. Present your theater of romance from Hollywood. Tonight, we're delighted to bring you Warner Brothers' thrilling new picture, Conflict. An amazing story of a man in desperate love. A story filled with surprise and shock. The star of the picture and of tonight's adaptation is the master craftsman, Humphrey Bogart. like to hate someone so much that you can fairly feel it stretching into your fingertips every time you look at them. Have you any idea what it can be like to be married to that hate? To stare at it across the breakfast table, come home to it at night, day in and day out, until the days stack up to a suffocating height, blacking out sun, air, and reason. Well, that was the way I felt on the happy occasion of my fifth wedding anniversary to Catherine. I celebrated it early in the day by asking her for a divorce and got the usual violently negative reply. Catherine had suspected for some time that I was in love with her younger sister, Evelyn, and she was right. Evelyn was everything I'd ever wanted and never been able to get. Doc Hamilton gave a party for us that night. I drove over with both Evelyn and Catherine, and my thoughts about them were a conflict inside me that had me almost crazy, but no one seemed to notice. Certainly not Evelyn. Just what kind of a doctor are you anyway, Dr. Hamilton? I know you mess around with the brain, but how? Well, Evelyn, I deal with thoughts and dreams which no amount of surgery can handle. You see, sometimes a thought can be like a malignant disease and start to eat away the willpower. What causes these thoughts, Doctor? I should say that love and its frustration is the worst offender. Oh, Dr. Hamilton, love has been man's inspiration for centuries. Look at Romeo and Juliet, Anthony and Cleopatra, Abelard and Eloise. But they didn't live for love. They died for it. Oh, it doesn't matter what happens to people as long as they have something to live for. Evelyn, darling, perhaps you'd better leave this entire subject alone until you're married. Uh... Dear, I wish I could express myself better. Well, I think you expressed yourself very well. Hate can become a restless, prowling thing that gets inside a man and eats away at him. My nerves were raw, my heart was full of pain. A dangerous combination. As I drove Catherine and Evelyn home from the party that night, I drove much too fast. Do drive carefully, dear. I am driving carefully. Did you enjoy the party, Evelyn? Oh, very much. Oh, by the way, dear, I got a letter from Mother today. She seems to be awfully lonely. I got the feeling she thought it was about time you came home. Oh, she didn't say so in exactly so many words, mind you, but I had... you felt she wanted Evelyn to come home? Yes. Well, I've been thinking about that myself, Kathy, and I just... Richard, look out! Richard! Quite a job, didn't you? Uh, How do you feel? Hi, Doc. Now my leg hurts. Oh? 
We'll keep you in a wheelchair or on crutches for a few days, and then you'll be as good as new. How's Evelyn? She's all right, just a few scratches. And Catherine? Is she dead? No, she escaped without a mark. I knew then I was going to kill Catherine. I planned it slowly, methodically, very carefully. Pretending my legs still hurt, I stayed in a wheelchair for several days after I could walk. I planned a trip to the mountains with Catherine, but on the morning we were supposed to leave, I had Preston, one of my men, come out to check some blueprints so that I wouldn't have to leave with Catherine. I promised to join her the following day by train. Will you be all right alone tonight? Of course. Oh, you look good today, Catherine. I always did like that green suit. Well, that's the first compliment you've paid me in a long time. Oh, well, I, I'm not such a bad guy when you get to know me. Now, run along and have a good time. Wondering at my sudden kindness, Catherine drove off. How was I to know that she would stop for a moment to speak to Dr. Hamilton? Hello, Catherine. Oh, this is a nice day for working in the garden. Come along and I'll show you the results of fertilizer and lumbago. <laughs> I can't. I'm on my way to Mountain Springs. Without Richard? Oh, he's coming up tomorrow. Uh, would you drop by the house after a while and make certain he's all right? He's all by himself. I'd be glad to. Here, let me pin this rose on your lapel. It goes with that suit. Oh, thank you, Dr. Hamilton. Goodbye, Captain. She was well up the mountain when she rounded a turn and saw my car parked across the road. She got out of her car and moved slowly toward me. Hello, Catherine. Oh, Richard, I... I'm so afraid. I saw your car and I thought that... Richard, you're walking. You're walking without help. Richard. Richard, how did you get here? Why are you here? Richard, why are you here? No. No, Richard. No! I put Catherine's body back behind the wheel of her car, then I released the brakes and sent it hurtling over the edge of the canyon. As it rolled over the edge, it scattered a pile of logs that went crashing down on top of it. The logs completely hid the car. Then I got back in my car and, and drove home. I was just back in my wheelchair when Preston arrived from the office, just as I had planned. At that moment, also as I had planned, I was on the telephone. The timing was perfect. Evening, Mr. Mason. Oh, hello, Preston. Sit down, will you, until I finish this call. Hello? Hello, Mountain Springs Hotel? Oh, I'd like to speak to Mrs. Richard Mason, please. This is Mr. Mason. She hasn't? You're quite sure? Oh, well, have her phone me the minute she gets in, will you? Oh, thank you very much. Something wrong, Mr. Mason? Well, I, I don't know. My wife left for Mountain Springs this afternoon, and she hasn't arrived. Hello, Richard. How are you? Hello, Doc. Uh, you know uh, Preston, don't you? Well, yes, of course. Nice to see you again. Thank you, sir. Catherine asked me to look in on you tonight. Feeling all right? Well, frankly, I'm a little worried, Doctor. Catherine hasn't arrived there yet, and it's getting late. I say, that is something to worry about. Well, she came to my house shortly after 2 o'clock. Maybe you'd better call the highway patrol. Yes, I... Uh, I guess I better. <laughs> Mr. Mason, you said she was wearing a green cameo ring. That's right. Did she have any other jewelry with her? No, uh, she left the rest in the safe. 
Oh, yes, she did have a, a locket. One she always wore. I gave it to her. It was heart-shaped, flat, yellow gold engraved Richard to Catherine. She had my picture in it. How was she dressed? She was wearing a dark green suit, and she had a rose pinned to it. She looked very smart. I remember I commented on it. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any intimate friends or relatives of hers we could question? Richard, I don't like to interfere, but... Uh, oh, go right ahead, Doctor. Don't you think we should send for Evelyn? But I already have. Dear God, I'd like to ask you something. Go ahead. Did you notice anything strange or unusual about Catherine before she disappeared last week? You see, I felt something was worrying her, something she was trying to hide. Well, for one thing... Well, now, you must realize, Evelyn, that I'm telling you this in confidence. For some reason, she imagined that I had fallen in love with you. With me? Yes. Where on earth did she ever get an idea like that? I don't know. Ridiculous, isn't it? Why, of course it is. I couldn't possibly think of you as anything but Catherine's husband. Even if you weren't married to Catherine, there's, there's such a difference in our ages. And yes. I'm very sorry to hear that, Richard. I wouldn't come between you and Catherine for anything in the world. Hello? Oh, uh, oh, hello, Dr. Hamilton. You where? At police headquarters. Well, why didn't they phone me? Oh, yes, I, I was out for a little while this afternoon. They found what? All right, I'll be right down. Come on, Evelyn, we've got to get right down to headquarters. They picked up a clue of some sort. This may be the end of our waiting. Oh, that's not fair. Mr. Norris himself said I was the best stenographer in the office. Yes, I heard him, but... Well, Laura, dear, I think a little breath of trouble is holding you back. If ever there was a case for Colgate tooth powder, this is it. You see, anyone can be the victim of a little breath of trouble. It happens to thousands without their knowing. Marks them down socially. Brings them unhappiness. So, just do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Scientific tests prove that Colgate Tooth Powder, in seven cases out of ten, instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Money can't buy a dentist that will clean your teeth better than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder with the accent on powder. And now, the second act of Conflict, starring Humphrey Bogart. Richard Mason is on the threshold now of incredible events. He sat around a table at police headquarters with Dr. Hamilton, Evelyn, Detective Workman... And a hobo. On the table was the cameo ring that Catherine had been wearing when Richard saw... This ring. I told you. Out of a lady's pocketbook. Where? A big crowd a couple of days ago. This lady, she's standing on the other side of me, seeing 
The pocketbook was open, so I just stuck my hand in and come out with the ring. Did you notice what she looked like? No. Was she wearing a hat? Yes, a green one. She was all dressed in green. I like green, so I noticed that. He's lying. Can't you see that? He's lying. He either found the body or killed her himself. Why don't you do something? Don't just stand there staring at him. Beat it out of him. Beat it out of him. Richard, take it easy. Sorry for blowing up. It's the strain of waiting, not knowing what's happened to her. Let's get out of here. That's okay. Dr. Hamilton, why don't you take Mr. Mason home? Someone's been in this room. You gave the service the day off, didn't you? It wasn't a servant. Someone's been in this room wearing Catherine's perfume. Well, can't you smell it? Yes. That's strange. Richard, look. What's this key on the bed? Key? Here. That, that looks like the key to the safe. There are only two keys to that safe. I have one, and Catherine... Give me that. That's what it is, all right. Sure it isn't yours. You bet I'm sure. Mine is never off the ring. Uh, holy smoke. Hamilton, get police headquarters. Tell Inspector Workman that someone has broken into this house tonight. Is anything missing? No, but something's been put in the safe. The wedding ring my wife wore the day she went away. And so I began to wonder if Catherine was dead. I knew she must be, and yet... The hobo, the returned wedding ring, the key all pointed in another direction. And the next day when I arrived at my office, there were further signs. Mr. Mason, a lady called while you were out. I thought she said she was Mrs. Mason, but she may have just repeated Mr. Mason. The connection wasn't a clear one, and then she rang off. You probably misunderstood. This thing is getting on everyone's nerves. There's something else, Mr. Mason. That letter on the desk. Letter? It looks so much like... Mrs. Mason's handwriting. Oh. It is Mrs. Mason's handwriting. What is it? It's a pawn ticket. Isn't there a note or no. anything? No, there's nothing. Just just a pawn ticket. It's the Granville Loan and Jewelry Company, 17 Bay Street. Are you going down there? You bet I'm going down right now. Is this your pawn ticket? Yeah. You want to redeem it? Yes. Let's see the number. Mm-hmm. 22777. Hmm. Oh, here we are. It's a locket. A locket? Yeah. It's engraved. Richard DeCaffin. Put it in. Who pawned this locket? Didn't you? No, who did? Well, wait a minute. Now, to say right here in the book. Yeah, here it is. This is Richard Mason. Miss... When did she pawn it? How long ago? Ninth. Uh, day before yesterday. Uh, do you remember her? What did she look like? Yeah, I remember. Um, Nice-looking lady. Blonde, sort of tall. Uh, wore a green outfit. The day before yesterday. I'll, uh... I- I'll redeem it. How much? Nothing doing. Come back in 80 days and you can buy it. 
New state law. Only the party with pawns or stuff can redeem it. Yeah, but I have the ticket. That's my wife's locket. I'm Richard Mason. I've got plenty of identification right here in my wallet. I'm not interested. Come back in 80 days or come back with a lady what pawned it. I'll come back with the police. It is the shop, Inspector. I was here less than an hour ago. Honest, I swear it. I ain't had no gold locket in here for months. Maybe even a year. Oh, give me that. Where's your partner? I have no partner. No clerk, no nobody. This is my shop and I run it. You got the ticket? Never mind the ticket. Get the book. Yes, sir. Ah, that's right. The book. I saw her name written in it in her own handwriting. Now, there's the book. Where's the number? 22777. 22777. Ah, here you are. A watch pawned by Casimir Ember. Look, read it for yourself. That's what it says, all right. You're lying. You've switched books. You've hidden the locket. Tell me where it is. Tell me or I'll beat the truth out of you. Tell me. Dirty, lying little rat. Let go of him. Of course, it's possible that you might be mistaken about the pawn trap. They're all very much alike. There's no reason to get excited, Mr. Mason. No reason, no reason. How would you feel if all these things were happening to you? Well, I suppose I'd feel I was getting soft in the head. Dr. Hamilton, I... I need help. That's why I came to you. Uh, now, now listen, Doctor, I, I don't believe in ghosts. I, I don't believe in the supernatural. I, I don't believe people live on in this life once they've left it. But I saw Catherine today, or, or someone that was like Catherine. Where? Downtown. I saw her passing in the street. I tried to follow, but she disappeared into an empty building before I could catch her. How do you know it wasn't Catherine? Why, I... What do you mean? Catherine may be a victim of amnesia. I thought that possibility for some time. I've been hoping she might be picked up and identified. Oh, but that couldn't happen. How about the tramp? The story may have been true. Yeah, but the key, the wedding ring. In her sleepwalking state, she may have returned it herself. A subconscious desire to renounce the marriage. The phone call. A mistake on the part of the operator. Give yeah, her the pawn ticket, the locket. She needed money, Richard. It would be the natural thing to do. I tell you, these things may seem natural to you. But they seem unnatural to me. You sit there, complacently droning on, trying to give me logical explanations for, for these things, trying to make me... trying to make me think I'm crazy. I'm not crazy, do you hear? Then why don't you accept my explanations? Why do you go on torturing yourself with these doubts? Now look, look, Hamilton. You've, uh... You've had great experience with mental cases. Do you think I'm beginning to imagine things? I'm sure I saw Catherine today, or, or someone very like her. Have you ever run into anything quite like this before? Only once. Many years ago, when I was a student in Vienna. Well, what was it? Well, a man who murdered his wife. <laughs> And I knew at last that I would have to drive back to that canyon. I would have to find out if Catherine is still in that car. It was night when I arrived. Night when I climbed down that canyon, making my way slowly down with the aid of a flashlight. Night when I turned that flashlight to the driver's seat and saw that it was empty. All right, Mason, this clinches it. No use trying to run. You're surrounded. You haven't anything on me. She... 
She's not there. She escaped. The body's not there. We took her body away the day after you killed her. That's right, Richard. Hamilton. I'm here too, Richard. She's not dead. I, I, I really saw her today. I, I saw her on the street. Tell them, Doctor. It was I who told them you killed her, Richard. You? Oh, geez, you couldn't do that. What do you know about it? You have no proof. You made one slip, Richard. You said she was wearing a rose the last time you saw her. Well, she was. Pinned on a coat. And I pinned it there. That was a rose I gave her when she left for the mountains. A rose you could only have seen when you were supposed to be helpless, sitting at home. You're pretty smart, aren't you? Smart enough to know that that wouldn't convince a jury. I had to drive you back to the scene of the crime. Come along, Mason. So you did all this? Yes, Richard. And even if I do say it myself, it took quite a little invention. I had helpers, of course. The handwriting expert, the man in the pawn shop, the tramp, policewoman who impersonated your wife. But most of all, your conscience. And, uh, Evelyn. Was she in on it, too? No, not Evelyn. Evelyn was absolutely innocent. Ah. Well, that's better. That, that makes me feel better, I'm... Well, I'm glad it's all over. I'll be happy now. I can get some rest. But you're wrong, Doctor. You're wrong about one thing. What's that? That Evelyn was innocent. You see, Evelyn was the thought you talked about. Evelyn got in here and inside my head. She may be innocent to you, but to me, Evelyn was the cause of the whole conflict. have just heard Conflict, starring Humphrey Bogart, who will be back in just a moment. Halo, everybody, halo. Halo is the shampoo that glorifies your hair, so halo, everybody, halo. Use halo shampoo if you want naturally bright and beautiful hair. For soap shampoos, leave a film on your hair. But halo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling film. The very first time you use Halo, you'll notice your hair glistens in all its natural brilliance. The deep, full, natural color and luster comes sparkling through like sunshine through a clean windowpane. And remember, even in the hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather. Halo quickly carries away loose dandruff, grease, and dirt. Needs no lemon or vinegar rinse because Halo leaves no dulling film. Nothing to hide your hair's natural beauty. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling film. Use Halo on your children's hair, too. Get Halo shampoo at any cosmetic counter. Remember, Halo glorifies your hair. So Halo, everybody, Halo. Halo shampoo, Halo. Colgate tooth powder for a breath that's sweet and Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair, join in thanking Humphrey Bogart for a thrilling performance as the star of Conflict. Mr. Bogart, millions of your fans now have the opportunity of seeing this great Warner Brothers picture at their neighborhood theaters. And believe you me, I'll be right at the box office to get my ticket. Our thanks to you for a swell show and to Warner Brothers for making your appearance possible. Well, the pleasure is mine, Frank, and uh, I'm looking forward to future broadcasts of Theater of Romance. In particular, the Joe Cotton Show next week. 
Thanks again, and good night. Charles Vander's production of Theater of Romance. Next week stars Joseph Cotton in One Life to Lose. And in the following weeks, you'll be hearing Loretta Young, Robert Walker, Barbara Stanwyck, and Ronald Coleman. Keep a date with Theater of Romance for all the weeks to come. These presentations of Theater of Romance come to you because of your enthusiastic recognition of Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and Halo Shampoo to glorify your hair. This is your host, Frank Graham, saying goodnight and wishing you love, happiness, and romance. Ladies, remember how you saved fat to help grease the wheels of victory? You did a wonderful job, but don't let up. Your used cooking fat is still needed. Needed now for peacetime production. Automobiles, refrigerators, vacuum cleaners, soap, salon clocks, cottons, nylons, and no end of wonderful goods for good living require fat in their making. So help speed the wheels of commerce. Salvage every drop of used cooking fat you can. Fill a tin and turn it in. Your butcher still pays you four cents plus two red points for every pound of waste cooking fat. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> 